A friend recently sent me a story which just really caught my eye in regards to our second reading, St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. But also I think it, um, just like in a plain and simple way, helps us to grasp the idea, the reality uh, that God exists. So here's the story. In a mother's womb, there were two, two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we are here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first. There is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but I hope that there will be more light there than there is here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat with our mouths. Maybe we'll have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that's absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths? Ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything else that we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. No, life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second baby insisted, well, I think there is something, and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life, and in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness, silence, and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second, but certainly we will meet mother, and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she's all around us. We're surrounded by her. She made us. We came into existence from her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world that we live in would not and could not exist. Said the first, well, I don't see her. So it's only logical that she doesn't exist. To which the second replied, sometimes when you're in silence and not blabbering your mouth and you focus and listen, you can perceive her presence and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Beautiful. I believe this little story in a very plain and simple way, offers us an understanding or an understandable explanation for the existence of God. It also offers us, as I mentioned, an insight, I think, into our second reading from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. St. Paul teaches us this very important guide for dwelling in this world, here and now. This is what he says. 
Consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards or powerful or of noble birth. Rather, God shows the foolish of the world to shame the wise, the weak to shame the strong, and the lowly to reduce those who are something, so that no human being may boast before God. Let's break that down. In other words, given the, our fallen humanity and the state that it is in, up and down the ages, we will always have people including here and now, among us, who think themselves so knowledgeable and wise, or powerful and privileged, or gifted and supposedly self-sufficient, that they talk themselves out of a need for God, or even a belief in God, or at the very least, they excuse themselves from anything or anyone telling them how they are to live their lives which then, of course, leads to them no longer worshiping God. Because to worship God means you have to listen to Him. And they stop worshiping God. And we stop seeing them here among us. That's what happens. And they use all kinds of excuses, including what's going on in the church and the world, or that hypocrite sitting in the pew, in order to keep themselves from worshiping God, because to worship God means to follow God. And therein lies the problem. But St. Paul is reminding us that we have a calling. Our calling, plain and simple, is to be with God forever in heaven. Even though our limited minds and experiences in this world will never even come close to grasping the reality of heaven. But in order to be with God forever in heaven, we have to first choose each day to be, be with God in the here and now. One precedes the other. That's how it works. Belief, choice, and actually living in God while we're in this world is the condition for living in God in heaven, across all time. Nevertheless, to people who are full of themselves, so full that they make no room for God, filling up instead with all the things of this world, they will always, always accuse the intentional Christian of being foolish for believing in God or being religious or going to church and faithfully, fully worshiping God. Or following the moral codes that God created and gave to us in the scriptures, but contrary to the unmoral codes of this world. Or disciplining their minds and hearts and appetites in order to f focus on the ways of God. Or spending time in prayer in order to hear God. Or reading the Bible and the catechism in order to know God and know His will for their lives. And the list just can go on and on. And so do their accusations against a Christian way of life. Accompanied by the many reasons which they think logical for excusing themselves 
from not having to follow such foolishness. Yet, listen again to what St. Paul says here. He says this, Rather, God shows the foolish of the world to shame the wise, the weak to shame the strong, and the lowly to reduce those who are something translated fool of themselves, so that no human being might boast before God, meaning boast of themselves and then get rid of God. Listen, God offers his promise of heaven to all peoples, to everyone. He does not discriminate among anyone. However, only those who are, more often than not now, called foolish, are going to be the ones who shame the so-called wise. Meaning, it takes people who recognize their need for God... And in their need, they every day choose to follow God, albeit imperfectly, because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. But the ones who think this world offers them all they need, or even if they believe in God, but they live as if this is the case, that the world just will take care of everything they need, and they chase after it. Well, then, in the end, that is all that they will get. And nothing more. And for all eternity, they will be the foolish ones. For all of eternity. Our only boast, St. Paul is telling us, is to boast in God. Said another way, our greatest pursuit, our greatest accomplishment as human beings is to live for God. And to get to God. And get others to God. Both in this world and in the after delivery from this world. And into our eternal homes. So. It is completely fine. When others make fun of you. For believing in God. Choosing God in his ways. And living for him. Even as you live in this world, but not for this world. Therefore, if you are being called foolish by family and friends and by culture and media and so on, then you know you're on the right track. God's track. For even he, the Son of God, was rejected by the world and those who called them foolish. Like that baby in the womb, then. Plain and simple. We, we need, all we need to do is to continue to live in that womb of God while in this world. Which we call prayer. Or we call worship. Or we call the Eucharist and the sacraments. Where, where follow this, we can remain as we create those spaces and times, we can remain in silence and focus and listen. We then will perceive God's presence all around us. And we will hear his loving voice 
calling down from above, calling us through this small world where we will live only temporarily in this small world, calling us into the after-delivery world of heaven where all the things we were really created for and created to be will be fully realized. And we will stand before the presence of God in whom we have always existed.